biggest thing for me, well, I don't even want to say the biggest thing. One of the huge areas for me was money that I was worried about. So as much as I had all these like ideas about like what kind of a person I wanted to be in and potential <laughs> and creative expression and all this stuff, yeah. like be my own boss. Girls yeah. got to eat too, right? <laughs> so like... welcome to the Spicy Chai Podcast. I'm Mara Kimthias. I host this podcast and still work a successful and fulfilling nine to five. My guests are content creators just a bit ahead of you. You will hear about their struggles and wins. Learn from their mistakes so that you can avoid making them. So grab a cup of spicy chai and let's get started. Hey, what's up, beautiful? It's such a beautiful morning in Toronto. I mean, I don't know what it is like outside, but the sun is out. I mean, it might be really cold outside given it's fall and autumn, but anywho, it's a beautiful morning. And today I speak to Jennifer Zad, and I'm excited for you to listen to this conversation because Jen is someone I love listening to. And no, I really mean that. Like, she always has so much wisdom to share. And in today's episode, we talk about if someone is looking to quit their nine to five, and I mean, that might be you, creator. And if they are looking to quit that and go into entrepreneurship full time, what are some tactical things that they need to think about? You know, we talk about mindsets and all of that. But what are some like things to do's that you need to do? And also, what kind of mindset set Jennifer up for success as she made the jump from nine to five to entrepreneurship? And then we also dive into topics such as ADHD and Facebook groups. So grab your cup of spicy chai. Yes, I said it. And let's go to the episode. Today's guest is the fourth person of my weekly mastermind group, the Wednesday Wonders. Yes, the group I met at a conference in 2017. Jen, you see, has had the courage to leave her stable corporate role five years ago to pursue a full-time role in business. And since then, her business has made multiple six-figure years. And she does that while being diagnosed with ADHD, which was very recent. But you see, that's not why she's here today. Jen is here because every time she says anything, every time, I feel like it's the best way anyone could say that particular thing. Now that's talent. Welcome to the show, Jen. All right, guys, this is Mark coming back again. And I just want to say that, oh my God, this episode in particular had so many technical issues. Like we started recording on Squadcast, then we went to Zoom, then we realized, okay, we need to go back to Squadcast and we realized, oh no, let's go back to Zoom. But we ended up recording on Zoom. But the point is, it has a lot of technical issues. So there's probably pieces of the conversation that weren't recorded well, but don't worry, I got you. I'm going to make sure I fill in those pieces. So yeah, but you still get the episode. Anywho, back to the episode. I know you should honestly I, I don't think I did justice because I feel like in my head you're a lot like I put you on a pedestal oh sorry I'm like hitting my mic but you know like I literally put you on a like you can sense the energy right uh, and it's because I think so highly of you and it's like I'm like oh my god Jen's this amazing person and I think I've said that to you so many times like in our personal conversations and I think it all comes down to like I never understood the stress of being a solopreneur till this last year even though I'm a side hustler and I'm just like oh my god Jen's been crushing it in that field for five years and you've never come on to our weekly mastermind calls as like flustered as sometimes I can be or some of our other people can be like but you're just always calm and collected even in your really bad days it's like calm collected yeah shit's going wrong there's things hitting the ceiling but it's okay I'll be fine there's that piece but before we get into all of that I want to ask you what's your story why did you want to leave your stable corporate role and dive into this world of entrepreneurship 
Okay. Yeah. So there's a lot of different ways that I could answer that question. Um, but I would say, um, I kind of like to think about it as there were some cer- like certain things that I was running away from. I hate to even phrase it like that, but there were certain things that I just like wanted to not have in my life anymore. Um, and I'll get into specifics in a second. Um, but then on the other side, there were definitely things that I was not getting in my corporate job that I was running to. So it was definitely sort of like a push-pull happening. Um, In terms of like what I was running from, I think my story is honestly not that different, I think, than a lot of people that go right into the corporate world right after college where you you spend all these years with uh, idealism and kind of this idea of like what the world is like and what your career is going to be like and all these exciting projects that you're going to get, you know, have a chance to work on and, you know, lots of expectations, I think. And I really enjoyed the years that I spent um, at my corporate job, honestly. I mean, I not, not even just on a professional level, but personally as well, I'll never be the same person just just uh, by nature of like the people that I met there and the connections that I made. Yeah, you met your um, husband there. Met my husband there. So yeah. I'll definitely never be the same. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. One good thing came out, came out of it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I mean, it is, so all of those were great, but I think also, again, my story isn't that different. I think that a lot, a lot of people's in that, like once I kind of got in like the day in day out, I quickly realized that a lot of the things that I, I guess I had just kind of naively thought I would get personal enrichment wise, like from a corporate job, um, or just from my career in general, I really wasn't getting, um, and that was that that changed over the years, you know, what specifically that was, but a lot of it was kind of this pervasive sense of no matter how hard I work, there's always going to be so many things that might prevent me from like having a vision come to fruition in this company, right? There's so much red tape or, you know, different people's agendas, the, the mission, I mean, you know, depending on who's in leadership at a certain time, priorities might change. So I just realized that like the pace of change is incredibly slow, like painfully slow. And I also just wasn't getting a lot like on a, on a personal enrichment basis. I felt like, uh, you know, I enjoy the work that I did, but I wasn't, I didn't really feel that I could really use my agency. I guess, in a, in, a, in a great way or in the best way. I think there was probably also a little bit of that ADHD, which hadn't been uh, diagnosed yet at that point. You know, looking back, I definitely think that I, I do have a tendency to be interested in a lot of different things and like want to pursue a lot of different things over time. And the environment that I was in at my corporate job, it just, you know, there, it just really wasn't practical. You can't just jump teams and jump projects all the time. Not that you can really do that in the business world either quite as much, but you know, at least I, you know, more of the, the captain of your own ship you know, in your own business. So anyway, there was a lot of that that I was running away from, I would say. Um, and and really, on the other hand, like the stuff I was running to, you know, I, I really felt like I was intended for so much more and had so much more potential. And although it was really scary to think about kind of having my own business, my own thing, where basically success or failure all came down to to me, you know, ultimately, Um that that took a while to get used to uh, that idea, but I think that over time, it was definitely not an idea I came to in a short period of time. I mean, I, I worked at my um, various corporate positions for almost 10 years before I bought this business. So 
had some time to kind of mull it over and figure out like what I may or may not want to do. But, uh, but yeah, ultimately, I just really wanted something that I would have a little more control over and just have a little more ability to kind of experiment and be creative and, and maybe have, you know, just different pursuits, basically kind of put myself more myself into the world. Yeah, no. And and that makes a lot of sense. Like you definitely have to think a lot. And so a lot of content creators, that's what they go through, right? Like they're, they start creating content. Sometimes it's a hobby, something that becomes like a passion and then they start monetizing and then they have to make this leap of like, okay, well, can I do it full time? So that's like, a question that they always come through is, okay, is this the right time to go? And the reasons you mentioned personal enrichment, not getting a lot of that corporate is a lot slower in general. Uh, those are some of the reasons why people actually start doing some side hustle things. Mm-hmm. Cause they're like, you know what, I'm not getting enough from my corporate role. I want to see where, where my creativity lies. Also multiple sources of income. Cause can you really depend on a certain income anymore? I don't think so. Right. Uh, but you said a few things that I want to dig deeper into. It's one thing you said was personal enrichment is what you were mm-hmm. not getting from corporate. Would you say you're getting that from being a full-time entrepreneur? And like, are you happy with the decision? Like, do you feel like you're getting everything you wanted or could there be disappointment? I just want to talk about that a bit. Oh, that's such a, oh, I love that question. Yeah. It's uh, and it's kind of a two or three parter, honestly, but I, yes. um, I, I would say yes and no, you know, and it might depend on what day you ask me that as well. <laughs> Today honest, the day. So. <laughs> <laughs> so today for sure. Today, I, I would definitely say for sure. You know what it makes me think of? I know you and I um, earlier this week were having a conversation in the in the Wednesday Wonders group about that book. Um, uh, what is it called? It's called Emith Re- Revisited. Yes. Yeah. And- All right, this is Background Mark again, and I just wanted to say that if you have not read the book, The E-Myth Revisited, then I highly, highly recommend it. Whether that's going into side hustling and monetizing your content, or finally like thinking, okay, well, I want to move from my side hustle to solopreneurship or to entrepreneurship, highly recommend it. A lot of great stuff. Anywho, back to the episode. What is it called? called The E-Myth Revisited, yes. And... Honestly, this is a topic, like a concept that I come back to all the time, the idea of these different roles that you play in your business. And it resonates with me so deeply. There's like the technician role, the manager role, and then um, I forget what it's called in the book. I think the visionary or the basically the the, the strategist CEO, right? kind of. Yeah, or the something. CEO maybe. Yeah. yeah, I think there were a couple of different names for the same thing, depending on the version of the book. But yeah, yeah, so the idea is that, you know, the more that you're down in the weeds and actually doing the work... So content creators, you know, that would be like, you're actually creating content. I mean, that sounds <laughs> kind of obvious, but yeah. you know, any business that you're in, it's in the, the times that you're actually working, like heads down, like working on the product, that would be like you being in that technician role. I say all that to say that um, in terms of like personal enrichment and feeling as though I'm kind of getting the things that I was seeking, you know, the, the things that I was like running toward mostly yes. And I would say mostly where that comes from is is the opportunity to get out of the technician role and to really like embody that CEO role and even the manager role to some extent you do get mm-hmm. at least I personally get a lot of fulfillment out of that more so than the management roles that I was in at my corporate job. So why do you say that? I know we were you're answering another question but I'm yeah, curious. Like, yeah. Why you say that? I guess the simplest answer would be I feel much more of a sense of ownership around it now. For right or wrong, I think in the corporate environment, the way that, you know, capitalism is set up, a lot of it just really <laughs> does come down to money, not to like turn this into an econ discussion or anything. <laughs> <laughs> These are all relevant things to think about, right? I mean, right. we're all kind of operating in that system. 
Um, so for right or wrong, you know, even when I was managing projects and people in the corporate world, it, I always in the back of my mind knew that I really was working towards somebody else's goals. And that goal really did revolve around money overall else. And so although I cared about everybody as people, and I really did feel like there were certain things I could do to help them grow as employees or, you know, whatever potential that I saw, there may be some opportunities here and there. I never really felt that I could really step into that ownership role of kind of helping them develop as people and not just in relation to me within the business, you know, like so much more than that. For me personally, and again, this is really just my journey. I feel like there probably are corporate environments where people do kind of feel more like holistically connected to their coworkers and stuff. I was not blessed to necessarily feel that all the time in my corporate life. But anyway, so in my capacity now, I definitely feel, although, yeah, I mean, we only know each other in the context of the business. Like that's what brought us together. And yeah, you're going to be doing work for me and so on. But also I really do feel like I have much more of an opportunity um, and a chance to kind of help people maybe just identify like needs in their life that maybe I could help with that are totally outside of the business, you know, kind of connect with them on more of a personal level, which is ironic since everything's virtual, you would think that it wouldn't be like that, Um, but it, but it's true. So I think, you know, as I'm, as I'm describing it, I almost feel like it, it probably really does come down to just a mindset shift. The circumstances may not look that different from, you know, my, my life then to now, when it comes to just the fact that I'm, you know, managing people and working with people and and so on. But my mindset, I think around it has changed a lot, right? I do feel an ownership in pretty much everything that I do um, where I I didn't before. You speak about mindsets. What? Mm -hmm. And I want to tap into that right now. It's like, of course, I've heard you talk a lot about like (laughs) money mindsets, entrepreneur mindsets, just mindsets in general. What kind of mindset set you up for success? Like, what do you think really happened in your mind that makes you the successful entrepreneur that you are today? So a few. Um, One of them is, and this is actually one that I have to work on a lot because it doesn't come naturally to me, but all good things need a little work, I feel like, in this world. And that is quite simply uh, abundance. And that is obviously nothing new. So many people have talked about it over the years. Um, but I think that it's really important for you know, for me, for all of us, you know, anyone listening to try to really figure out like what abundance means for you. Because I think that it's really easy to say that you have an abundance mind sh- mindset, um, that you're shifting from, you know, scarcity to abundance. But to really like embody that, like to really kind of sit with that and really like feel feel that and actually adopt that as a mindset that's your default. I don't know if I'm speaking for everyone, but for me, that is is a difficult thing because it seems like a lot of the evidence that we see around us flies in the face of that, you know? Mm-hmm. So abundance is so important. And to me, abundance is not just, or, or just not simply about money, right? right. Like, I think that's the, that's the direction a lot of people take it. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, money is money. Everyone right. loves money, but what is abundance? money like, is, what, how would you describe it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So beyond money, I would say abundance is simply just uh, knowing that there's always enough of whatever it is that there's you can take as much as you need of something and there's always going to be more like more coming back to fill it. So that could be an abundance of um, quite simply within like the business world. I often think of it as like abundance in um, in clients or in opportunities out there. Just this mindset of my perfect customers or my perfect people, if I'm looking to hire someone or just kind of this perfect like partnership that I want to do, it's out there already. And there's probably way more than I could even take advantage of. It's really just a matter of me finding them, 
you know, they're like waiting for me to find them. So there's always going to be, there's always enough. And, and I think that also applies to people as well. So whether you've got like just one person you work with, and I don't know how relevant this is to content creators, but I can imagine a lot of people, if not now, you might be thinking, you know, down the road of like bringing some people onto the team and stuff. And I think that that definitely applies to that whole, like hiring people, you know, hiring the perfect person, um, opportunities for them. You know, if you kind of go into a work relationship thinking that like, you know, with that abundance mindset, what that means is that you're always hopeful. You're always optimistic. You always, you know, maybe can, I don't want to say like inspire, I guess inspire could be the word for it, but you, uh, it can be like a very contagious sort of mindset and it can really like shift things within the team. So that's a huge one. All right. Background Mark is back. And I absolutely agree with this. Abundance mindset is huge. And this is what I did to help me understand what abundance mindset is and how to really adapt it. I mean, people talk about these mindsets all the time, but how do you really get that abundance mindset that everyone talks about? So what I did is I YouTube Deepak Chopra, D-E-E-P-A-K-C-H-O-P-R-A Abundance Mindset Meditation Series. And it's a 21-day absolutely free meditation series on YouTube. I'm not an affiliate for it or anything. I just loved that abundance mindset meditation so much and I highly recommend if you have no clue what abundance mindset is how to get it start there and even if you hate meditation just listen to it and you will know what I'm talking about anywho we're gonna go back to the interview that's a huge one I think abundance is oh my gosh that's another thing you could talk about yeah like we could talk about all day (laughs) true um How, how you're saying you're working on it. How are you working on it? Like if someone's listening to this and they're like, I would love to have that mindset. How can they start? What can they do? Yeah. So I'll say what works for me. Um, and I think it does take a little bit of experimentation for me. It's pretty simply about coming back to it as often as possible, at least like once a day, if not more. Um, so I know you talk a lot about like morning routines and the elements of your, and I think this directly applies because I imagine a lot of this is woven into your morning routine too. But, you know, for me, it, it's, it's meant different things over the years, but um, meditating for 10 minutes or five minutes or even two minutes, kind of getting just very still and meditation could mean like sitting in the corner on your meditation pillow. It could mean going out for a quick five minute walk in silence, like leaving your headphones behind Um, whatever meditation means for you, whatever it takes to kind of get to that quiet place. What I have found is that when I'm in that place, even if it's just fleeting, like a moment or two, what I always experience is the, the only way I could describe it is sort of this like stillness and this, sense of abundance. Like there isn't scarcity in the stillness. It feels like this, I don't know, this almost like just like this well of like energy that I can feel. And I, and I get that with like through meditation is the fastest way to get to that point to me. So when you sort of glimpse that, or you feel that feeling of abundance over time, it's almost like you can tap into that almost at will, you know, or kind of remind yourself of these moments where you felt that. And the fact that like, that really is the reality. All this other stuff is trying to cloud what the reality really is, but like I've experienced that reality before and I can get back there. So meditation for me has probably been the single biggest way that I've like brought that mindset into my life. And I don't even like to say created the mindset really. I almost feel like it's more about discovering it. Like it's there, it's available for everyone. Like 
like anyone that wants to experience it. You just have to set up the right environment to experience it. So meditation is huge. And I, and I think going along with that too, journaling for me has been really helpful. I know people have different experiences with it and I've kind of had like a on again, off again relationship with journaling over the years. We'll say it's like the Facebook status, like it's complicated. Like that's how I feel about (laughs) journaling. Um, but yeah, so with, with journaling, there have definitely been seasons of my life where I just feel like when I come out of a meditation, I kind of have this rush of like things that I just want to record and remember. And for me, that's, uh, probably the times I've been most consistent with journaling is when I've done it like right after meditation or kind of like yeah, in my like morning routine. Stacking. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. So it's, it's funny because you're, you're saying you want to have things where you want to just record them. For me, I just journal to just get my thoughts out of my mind. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like for me, I don't, I actually write it in a way that even if anyone ever reads it, they can't really know what is written. <laughs> it's uh-huh, like so weird. Uh-huh. I'm just like, I don't want anyone to ever read my journal, but I do want to, like, I have all these thoughts that I want out of my mind. So it's like, it's not, I don't want to record them. I just want these thoughts not in my mind anymore. So it's um, yeah, kind of different yeah. than I think what you do. So yeah, you know, but that I almost feel like there it's two sides of the same coin too, mm. um, because there's something about like when I was talking about that stillness that's there, oftentimes those thoughts are in the way of getting there. So it's almost like they come up, I feel like they're relevant, they're coming from somewhere, I need to get them down. But then the additional benefit of it is that afterward, you kind of, you know, it it kind of clears the way for that. Like they're not once it's on paper, it's not, you know, up there anymore. That's true. I agree. You know, you know what that yeah. as a side point, um, totally different topic. Yeah. But when you were just describing your your notebooks with all the stuff, I always think about, you know, one of my random passions is like true crime and stuff like that. And <laughs> I love yeah. like police investigations and stuff. So I'm just imagining like if anything happens to you or you go missing or something and someone goes to your house and they find all these notebooks like yes we're Honestly. gonna get the secret for what happened to, <laughs> to mark and that's why i like write it in a way that even if people want to sometimes i go back and actually want to read it and i can't <laughs> like it's yeah. like, horrible i'm like i have no idea what i've written right? um yeah. it's, it's like one of those things where you're like i don't want people to know who i really am <laughs> you yeah know? it's interesting that you keep the journals yeah you, i do you know i do yeah. like it's funny because yeah, i can't read them but i like them it's like oh this is a record of what's what was in my mind let's say back in 2017 so, yeah i mean i i love journals and i agree and I think it has had an impact in terms of abundance because when you meditate and you think and you get into this mode of gratitude and then you start for me I also have to do abundance affirmations to start Mm -hmm. off because it just wasn't coming easily to me um and it was just like all right I'm in this mode I can do this and then I'm going to write about this because I want to stay in this abundance mode but as you're right like it takes so much practice and it's still like a work in progress because I don't know if this happens too there's I'm at a point where I have abundance in some areas of my life and I'm like, oh, I'm killing it. This is awesome. I have a lot. And then there are some areas of my life that I'm like, oh my God, that scarcity mindset again. Damn it. Like, you know, there is that always yeah. happening. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm 100%. <laughs> of course. Perfect. And yeah, <laughs> evolved in all areas. Yeah. What course? Yeah. No, yeah. Yeah. I relate to that. And I also feel like it's, you know, like I said before, it's kind of a, um, it, it's something that I'm working on all the time. You know, it's hmm. not something... Um, I, I don't, I don't want to say that I'll never get to the point where I just kind of like embody it all the time, but I am under no illusions. I feel like it really is a lifelong thing. Um, and, and really the work itself is meaningful. I think at least to me, you know, there's something about that ritual of like meditating every day and like reconnecting with that, 
mindset and, and um, kind of consciously like working on it and feeling like you're, I guess, like stepping into like what you, what your potential is, you know, like all, all, all this knowledge is out there that you can, um, or these things that are available to you, I guess. So yeah, there's something about the journey and the work. There is, there is. And that's the exciting part. You're constantly at least and like even just as a side hustler or like, you know, mm-hmm. someone who's currently calling myself an entrepreneur and that's taken me a while to do. It just, you're always challenged. You're actually always growing. And it's just this feel of you are in control. As you said earlier, like I am in control of my failures and I am in control of my successes. And I like that because that's kind of like the mindset stuff. But I really do want to t- tap into the technical stuff. Like what are yeah. some technical things that you did that set you up mm. or like stepping into the entrepreneurship? Like someone's thinking about it. What are some things that they should be thinking about even as like a side hustler or someone who's going full-time what are some things that they yeah yeah so there's a lot the biggest thing for me why well, I don't want to say the biggest thing one of the huge areas for me was money that I was worried about so as much as I had all these like ideas about like what kind of a person I wanted to be in and potential and creative <laughs> expression and all this stuff yeah. like be my own boss girls yeah. gotta eat too right <laughs> so like pay some bills. So yeah. So I think a lot of this is kind of knowing yourself as well. Like some people um, do really well with making lists. I am one of those people. There's something about like getting all of my thoughts on paper and just being like super action, or at least being able to figure out what things are actionable. One thing that I would recommend is, is literally just making a list of all of the things that you can think of that would possibly be preventing you right now to like, like starting a business, make like leaving whatever we're starting a side hustle or going full-time with your side hustle. Um, because if you're anything like me, um, some of the things that kept coming up over and over and over again, when I started making those lists was stuff around money, like things like as small as, you know, insurance, like how does insurance work? Mm. You know, when I leave or retirement savings, I say small, those are actually very big. Things. Yeah. Those are very big um, things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> how am I going to make money? How am I going to pay for groceries? And, and yeah, kind of all of those questions, because what I found is that it can seem like really scary, at least in my head, I just kind of had this big like cloud of things that I called just like the money fears. But when I actually figured it out, or when I actually got it down on paper, I realized like, okay, basically this is just like a to-do list of things to tackle, or at least to learn about. Um, and I tend to be like a researcher. I just love, I guess this, and again, this was pre ADHD diagnosis before I realized that the term or like had heard the term hyper-focus before. And uh, it's one of the superpowers of ADHD. So if any of you guys out there have ADHD, or suspect you do one way to tell yes <laughs> one way to tell is like can you hyper focus on something for longer than the average bear when it's something that you're really interested in you know we're talking like five six sometimes more you know hours at a time yeah. so for me what that looked like was I probably spent I don't even know how many hours just kind of researching all of those different questions that I had. And through that journey, uh, one thing I always recommend to people is, you know, find your tribe, like find other people that are kind of trying to do the same thing that you're doing, which is probably the reason that you're listening to this podcast right now. So you're, you're on the right track. Um, it, like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> So like there were a couple of Facebook groups that, um, that I had joined where I got some really actionable advice about, for example, like these are different retirement accounts that you can set up, um, immediately. You don't even have to, you know, really be like full-time in your side hustle yet. This is how you can calculate your, uh, what your budget should be, you know, in, in your business, like for fixed expenses, you know, it depends on the business that you're thinking of doing, obviously right. like what that looks like. So yeah, for me, I, I definitely made sure that I had like a plan in place somewhat 
of a plan, you know, like nobody can know all the eventualities, but it really worked on having a, a pretty healthy savings account where I knew that I had at least like six months of expenses that if worst came to worst, you know, I'd, I'd still be able to survive if I made like zero dollars. Um, that was also the time. And this is also what I recommend to people. You know, if you, depending on your living situation, like if you're married or if you live with your parents or you um, maybe with live with other family members where you know that like you have other people to rely on, like now is not the time to keep all your thoughts to yourself. Like have a conversation with them, you know, kind of keep them posted about like what you want to do and talk about options for support, you know, like is it going to be a big deal if you don't bring in money for X number of months? You know, is there a minimum that you should be striving for? All of that I think is really important because that allays a lot of fears and also helps you think uh, a little more, I guess, kind of big picture about the business. It kind of helps you get out of the weeds a little bit. So it's a long answer to your question, but I would say like the money thing is is super important. Really what that boils down to again is like making a list of all the things that you can think of that, that you would need to resolve or find out about or whatever. And then connect with people, like find groups, like groups are probably the easiest way to start. Just kind of Google like, or search for on Facebook, you know, for example, like small yeah, business like owners or new business yeah, content creators, creators or, right? You know, like Instagrammers. Yeah. Yeah. There's tons of people out there just like you that probably know the answers to the questions that you have. And or then talking, think- talking with your tribe. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, yeah. go ahead. You were, I was saying, you were even things like what I did with you guys is go to a conference, realize there's somewhat of a connection with some people and reach out to them on Facebook message and say, hey, would you like to create a weekly mastermind group? So totally. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. And then the other thing I would say too, because I think your question was originally like, what should people be thinking about, right? If they're looking to make the leap or um, expand their side hustle full-time. It really depends on what part of the journey you're in. Like if you kind of already know what you want to do. So if you're a side hustler and you basically just want to take it full-time, then a lot of your work is already done for you because you've kind of figured out like, this is what I'm passionate about or this Mm -hmm. is what I know I could be passionate about. I really, you know, feel like I can build the skills in it and become passionate about it or whatever the case might be. So yeah, your work is already pretty much good in this area if that's you. If you were like me, where you're in a corporate uh, job or maybe doing something completely unrelated to what you could see, you know, doing as a, as a business or as a side hustle or whatever, of course, like take some time to figure that out. At least a couple ideas, you know, obviously it may sound really obvious, but I have seen people, you know, quit their jobs with kind of this vague, like I'm starting a blog, you know, or like, I'm going to be a creator. We're like, okay, well, how many posts do you have? You know, like Mm. two or three, I don't know. Right. right. Kind of figure out, you don't have to have it all figured out, but I think that really taking the time to kind of know like what what you're doing you know if you're buying a business like what are you you know what are the steps are you going to buy it before you leave are you going to kind of transition um so thinking through what you really want to do um at least for your first business venture you know um I think is really important too. And you made the jump from corporate to full-time right away. You didn't Mm -hmm. do a side hustle part at all, right? Yeah. Why was that? No, I didn't. So I had considered it. Um, It was something that I kind of went around the block with, um, with my boss at the time. Um, Cause he was willing to be really flexible about it too. You know, he was like, Hey, if you want to just go like half time for a few months, like that's fine. So I really considered it mostly because of money, (laughs) but ultimately I decided a couple of reasons, but I would say the biggest reason is that I knew myself enough to know that if I were trying to split my time between both things, I would probably just burn out 
you know, it, it could go one of two ways. I could either just do kind of like a half-assed job, if I can say that on here, um, yeah, in both things and just feel really terrible about myself every day because I felt like I was just like phoning it in on both things. Or on the flip side, I would really burn myself out trying to do 100%. And so I had to be really honest with myself and like, you know, why why am I leaving? Like, what were the reasons that I had to leave to get into corporate or I'm sorry to get out of corporate um, to go into business? And it's that saying like leap in the net will appear. That was that was one thing I actually had it written like on a sticky note on my desktop for like on my desk for months before I made the leap and like really decided to go. But that was kind of my mantra for a while. So when I was making the decision about like, okay, should I go just part time? Or should I really just leap? I just realized like, you know, there's only really one way to do this where I won't regret it later on, you know, so short-term pain possibly, you know, at at least just like financially, but for long-term benefit. So, yeah, and I don't regret it. I would do it all over again that way. I love that because I I think the important piece is making the leap when you don't have the answers. And that's the thing with any business, be it a side hustler going full-time or be it someone who's just going from corporate to full, uh, full time business. It's making that leap. You have to have some faith. You talked about optimism as well earlier. Like you have to be optimistic about it, but you also have to be practical. Like I'm quitting Mm -hmm. everything just because I want to be a blogger with like zero posts and I'm going to figure it out. Cool. Sure. But if you don't have bills to pay, that works. I mean, you might move in with your parents. That that might work completely, but don't do it if you have rent to pay and Mm -hmm. grocery bills to pay. So yeah, I agree. There's a bit of like practicality and love. You have to kind of Aloha. All right. This is Background Mark again. And I know you love me and you love to hear from me. So I am back. And what I wanted to say here, which I didn't in this interview, was that it all goes back to self-awareness. Jennifer was very clear on why she chose to go full-time without doing a side hustle. She really felt that was the best decision for her. And she gave some tactical pieces as well on what she thought through and what she thought about and how she wrote that down. So just wanted to point this out here that it goes back to understanding your particular situation and knowing what will work best for you so you don't regret whatever decision you make. If you want to do a side hustle because it provides you more flexibility, more freedom, and like she said, then you have a system already when you go full time. Sure, go ahead. But if that doesn't work for you and you just want to go from like your job to full time entrepreneurship, cool. All right, but just make sure you think through all of the stuff that she already talked about. And in the resources section, she actually mentions a lot of books. So if you want to check those out, you can go to the show notes. Anywho, back to the episode. Do that. You said you went on a lot of rabbit holes when you were researching. Like when you were researching, you just went on a few and then you kind of just um, were hyper-focused for a bit. What were some resources that you used? Books or maybe articles? Like what were some resources that were really, really helpful? Yeah, so there were um, really good questions. So there were two books in particular that I found extremely helpful. Um, And I can give these, I guess, if you have episode notes or something. Yes, I do. The links to these. Yeah, Yeah. there's one called Small Time Operator. And there was another book that I forget the actual title of it, but it basically was like a very dry sounding name. It was like the tax and legal something or other. But those particular books kept popping up over and over again in the Facebook groups that I had joined with people 
people that were like in really similar positions to me. So I definitely, I bought those right away and I can't say I read them cover to cover because I don't think it ever happens to me, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I, um, I, even to this day, they're on my bookshelf over there. I still consult them, even though the, you know, the information might be, it's a few years old now, you know, I've had the business almost 60 years, but a lot of the topics are still extremely relevant. Um, and they could just be like the smallest little things, you know, or I'm like, wait a second, you know, is it like, what would this expense be? Or just kind of like little things that might come up. So I, yeah, I, I consulted those a lot. Are they U.S. only? Yes. Well, okay. they are. It's definitely written for a U.S. audience, but I okay. think that there there's some information that's relevant to other audiences too. But I would definitely check on that. There's probably similar. Again, if you find a group, you know, in your local area or in your right. country online, they'll be able to kind of point you to similar resources. Sure. So there's that one. There's a couple websites too, because a lot of my questions up front were very, very much in the sort of like legal money, taxes, like all that stuff. Like, oh, it sounds so scary. And, you know, the thing that makes a lot of people, you know, too scared to make the leap, honestly. So a couple of the websites were were really just specific to legal issues. So, uh, and again, I'll, I can send these to, that we can put in the in okay. the uh, episodes notes as well. But yeah, there were a couple of those sites that were super helpful. And uh, I would say beyond that, not to beat a dead horse, but just asking questions in those communities where it was great. You know, it, it's kind of the the thing where you can just sort of stream of conscious. Like if something comes up, you can, you know, shoot a question out. And there's usually someone that can just answer you really quickly about it. So yeah, people are really good in those groups as well. They're Mm -hmm. really helpful. They want to help. Yeah. That's why they're there. Right. It's a very like self-selecting awesome group of people usually. So yeah. Yeah. And then then you also mentioned like you had a lot of self-awareness, you know, you knew that you didn't want to do both because you're going to burn yourself out. So at first I want to touch on the self-awareness piece. Like, Mm -hmm. What got you to be that self-aware? What did you do that helped you get to that stage where you're like, all right, I know myself enough to know this? Oh, that's such an interest. I don't think I've ever really thought about, you know, you know, what's funny about that question is that if I, if just on any day you would come to me and be like, Hey, how self-aware are you on a scale of like one to 10? I'd probably rate myself really low, like at a two or a three. Yeah. Because I just kind of had, it could, again, I feel like I circle back to ADHD all the time, but (laughs) since my diagnosis, I just, it has shown a light on how much it affects everything, like how my brain works, how I see everything. But anyway, yeah. So I think the ADHD in me, what that has meant a lot for a lot of my life is um, just never being able to be in the present moment at all, even more so than the average human, I feel like, because everyone struggles with that, but there's always something shinier and, you know, more interesting to look at or whatever. So who knows, it could be uh, as I'm describing it, maybe just that process of like realizing that about myself over the years and really trying to do something about it. Maybe that's brought me to a point where maybe I am a little more self-aware because I can like recognize like where my thoughts are going, you know, where my feelings are going and stuff. So, so yeah, I wouldn't recommend years of like self-criticism to anyone, but if, if you go through it, no, you no, can get some benefits <laughs> from it. <laughs> this is not recommended. There are probably easier ways of getting there, but beating yourself up for like two thirds of your life is one way of doing it. You suck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's change you. Yeah. yeah and, and I'll say one other thing too. I, I know that people have um, different opinions about things like cognitive behavioral therapy, for example. But for me personally, even if you don't want to call it that, maybe just call it like thought work or something, that for me has been really, really instrumental the last few years, especially um, of getting me to the point where I can like kind of see my thoughts and realize that like my thoughts are not necessarily me, 
you know, they're kind of like things that are happening and sure they feel like they come from me, but I can choose to sort of look at them as separate and figure out how I want to react to them. Not that that's easy or that that comes naturally, but um, I think, I think so going through uh, and, you know, people, you know, anyone listening to this, you may have encountered maybe different flavors of that. So if you've been in maybe therapy or maybe you've worked with like a spiritual leader that, you know, was taught, like, you know, taught a lot of these things, there's lots of different ways to encounter these ideas, but I think kind of actively, like not only learning about them, but really trying to practice them really helps because, because ultimately what you are doing is becoming more self-aware. Right. And I think it all goes back to taking control, right? It's just like, you're taking control, you're taking ownership. And we spoke about that earlier too. Like you are in control of your successes and your business and you are in control of your failures. What that could also mean is you can be very hard on yourself. You talked about burnouts earlier, you know, you were like, okay, I was very aware. I didn't want to burn out, but have you gone through burnouts and what does that look like? And oh my gosh. Yeah. 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 I was kind of the burnout queen for a lot of my twenties. So (laughs) my, my cycle, I would say probably from the time I was, uh, we'll say like 14 or 15 through probably, so like early high school through mm, mid twenties, maybe even later twenties was basically like a cycle of working really hard, like nose down, usually a lot of it related to like procrastination and stuff. So I'd like, wait, I have like a million things going on, you know, like pull some all nighters, whatever that looked like. And then go through it. Like once everything was turned in or whatever it was that I had to get off my plate was, was off my plate. I would just crash. Like I would just That's become like, like a so z- relatable. zombie. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was not, it's yeah. not cute. Like don't, <laughs> would, yeah. would not recommend that again. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So that was my cycle. That was just kind of life. And not that I enjoyed it, but it was very like predictable in a way. I think it was just sort of expected. It was sort of like my comfortable way of doing things. Like I, I really had not like learned how to do work in advance or, you know, plan better or whatever. So yeah. So I think that probably really for what, two decades of my life, when you ask about like overwhelm and stuff that I kind of lived in like a low grade overwhelm all the time. Like that was just sort of the norm. And um <laughs> It's funny the people that knew me back in my undergrad years, uh, like Aaron, you know, one of our other uh, Wednesday Wonders Mastermind group members, they would always laugh at me because I would, oh my gosh, I would go nights at a time, like days at a time, maybe only sleeping like two or three hours, like especially when I was working on my senior thesis, like I would just, and so I found out years later uh, that Aaron and some of the other people that I lived with in the house there on campus, they would like not really like take bets. But they would have conversations about like, when is Jen going to crash? Like when, you know, when's it, when's it going to happen? Like when's she going to burn out? Wow. And I never got to that point. Thankfully, like I never actually had like a breakdown, but it was definitely like <laughs> an unhealthy cycle to be in. Right. So yeah, I, and even to this day, so I mean, I would say I, I kind of, you know, when I said that like, oh, that was my cycle until my mid to late twenties, it's not nearly that bad anymore at all, but I definitely still know that about myself that I have the potential to kind of fall back into that if I don't like take care of myself and, and kind of, you know, keep those rituals, like the morning routine, just the staples of like a little bit of meditation, at least every day, you know, a little bit of like 
physical activity, you know, outside fresh air, whatever it is. If I, if I don't take care of those fundamentals and I don't, you know, make sure that I'm doing things every day that kind of fill me up and take care of myself, that I definitely have the potential to kind of get back to, to those places. And that's the important piece. I think it's um, for me also, like when, when you're in a corporate role and also doing side hustle and creating content, I feel you are the, the biggest thing that gets um, out of our hands is our health. You're like, oh, I can, I can work out later. I can eat later. Yeah. Uh, I don't have to meditate today. And I think in the past few years where I think I've done it differently was like, if I don't meditate today, I won't be able to produce as much as I want to. So it's like almost like changing the mindset around it. It's like, no, I have to work out because if I work out, I'm actually going to be more productive. So that half an hour will turn into four hours of productivity. So I almost like bribe myself. I'm like, no, no, Mark, you have to eat well, because if you don't eat well, then you're going to eat junk. And then you're going to go into that crash of like, oh, shit, I want to sleep now because I have this carb hit. Mm -hmm. So I think it's also like tricking your mind. And then it goes back to self-awareness right like being aware that those are things that again going on a run who wants to do that really (laughs) you know every day so you're like oh I can I can I can miss that today it's too cold or you know or it's too warm or maybe I'll slip or god knows every just every type of excuse my brain has given me and it's just like no if I don't go for that run I won't be able to work today. And I, I love working on this XYZ stuff. So I think it's yes. very, very right. It's so important to take care of those fundamentals uh, yes. and finding ways where you can, like how, if some people are really good at it and some people just need to trick themselves or find accountability buddies, like, you know, finding mm-hmm. your tribe, asking support. I know you're very good at that. Like, hey, you know, keep me accountable to my walks this week. <laughs> keep me accountable to meditations this week. So it's, it's that kind of support. And again, yeah. going back to self-awareness, realizing that you need that. I think that's and- very very big. Yes. Yeah. No, that's yes. All of that is huge. And I, what you said there, it kind of reminded me of, so the question you had asked before about um, preparing, I guess, to go like full time. Hmm. I think that that's a really important key. I um, didn't even think to mention this before because I had been working remotely before I made the leap. So like that part of my life was still pretty consistent, but I would definitely say, I feel like I'd be remiss if I didn't mention like how much of a change it can feel like to work from, you know, go from working in like a, a office environment or like having, you know, kind of another place to go to transitioning to working from home, which is usually what people do when they make, you know, not necessarily, but I would say the vast majority of probably content creators and so entrepreneurs and stuff. I mean, we're all, and of course, coronavirus, like we're all working from home or we were for a while, but I think that anything, and of course, everyone's situation is going to be different, but anything you can do to try to kind of take that for a test ride, like even if that means maybe trying to work from home, if you work in an office now, maybe trying to work from home, uh, negotiate that, maybe do that one day a week or just try it once or twice or something and kind of just like see yourself, like what that would actually look like. Because, you know, that, that initial zest and momentum and stuff when you first leave or you first go like full time, I mean, that's going to carry you through and give you momentum and kind of give you that motivation to, to sit down and like grind it out and get, get done whatever you need to get done. But you can't sustain that level of motivation. So you have to have like good processes and a good environment set up and, and all of that, like supporting uh, structure that's going to help you 
you know, maintain being productive and, and actually like working on your business and all those things you need to do. So yeah, thinking about all of those things, like how am I going to keep up my health habits? You know, what is my workspace going to look like? How am I going to, am I going to follow a schedule? You know, are there um, certain activities that I can like plan into my week just to like get out of the house and give myself some socialization or whatever. Um, So thinking through some of those things, I think is really a really good use of your time because you can kind of plan for maybe those days where you're not super focused or like, what if you have errands to run and stuff? Like what are those things that are going to come up that you can maybe like pre-plan for a little bit or at least sort of like you know, think in your, in your head, like, how am I going to deal with that? Or like, maybe what are some options? Yeah. So. And it, it reminded me the first time when I went remote, that was like way before coronavirus. And I was doing that for corporate. I went from like being in the office to to remote. And it was like, wow, this is amazing. I can wake up like really late and like I don't have to be fully dressed. And I remember like taking naps in the afternoon. And then within a couple of weeks, that got to me. I was like, oh my God, I cannot do this. I cannot take naps in the afternoon. I cannot wake up late. I need to still do my morning routine. And you know, it was so different because you when when you're going on a train and there's that, that's your cue to do your meditation, then you have to come back to your desk and you're just like, oh, it's not different. I'm in my room and then I'm in my room and I'm in my room. So that is a really, really good point. It's kind of testing how working from home works for you. Because honestly, it doesn't work for everyone. I know people Mm -hmm. who are like, I can't wait to go back to the office. Like, I don't like it. I want to be in that environment. And that's where you can test before you make the leap and go like, oh, fuck. Yeah. (laughs) I hate this shit. Yeah. It's like, what can I do? I mean, and that's why, frankly, I mean, before coronavirus, you could any like Tuesday afternoon, randomly, you could go to any like, Starbucks or library or something and see a bunch of people sitting there with their laptops and who knows what they're doing. They could be corporate workers. They could be solopreneurs. There are a lot of people that just cannot work from home and they've kind of sought out environments where they know they're going to be more productive. So yeah, it's the luxury now is that we live in times where so many people are in kind of in that same boat that people are, there's so many more solutions to it, you know, like co-working spaces or um, like meetup groups during the day, you know, the sky's the limit. So once we're all vaccinated, um, <laughs> I will say. Yes, once. So, yes, once we are, depending on when this, when you're listening to this, this you could yeah. be like, what are you talking about? You know, it's know. like 2045. Like, what are you, <laughs> yeah. is this like, well, you have like zero faith in me. <laughs> you have zero faith in me, don't you? No, I'm saying it's going to still be around in oh, 25 that's years. True. I thought yeah. you were just saying it's going to be published. It's like evergreen like, content. <laughs> That's true. That's true. 2045. Like, what the fuck are they yep. talking about? <laughs> yep. yep. You'll be some celebrity and people are going to dig up your old like podcast episodes to exactly. listen to. So. I love that. This is manifestation happening. It's manifestation yep. happening. Yes. Just throwing I it out there. there. And it's like, that's the thing we talk, even just like talking about manifestations, there's so much about, you know, the success we want. And when you are an entrepreneur, you want more and more success. And the thing is, you are the only person responsible for that success. So mm-hmm. How do you define success and how do you make sure that you are holding those boundaries for yourself that once you do reach those marks, you're not like, oh, I want to do more because I know I'm guilty of that. When I get to that certain mark, I'm like, oh, I want to still do more because I I can do more. I can meet more clients. I can make more money. How how have you been able to maintain that balance? And what is the definition of success? It's very bold of you to assume that I'm maintaining that balance too. (laughs) (laughs) Very very bold. (laughs) Um, yeah. So this is actually one area that I probably redefined myself or kind of have like a lot of different ideas about over the years. Um, and also just honestly from like week to week too, just like we talked about before, like depending on the day you catch me on, uh, what I will define as success might be a little bit different. So, but I would say the, by and large, I define success these days as feeling as though 
my day made a difference to someone. The fact that I'm out there working like impacted someone like in a positive way. Their day was better or their life was better even for the fact that I lived that day. So that seems like a really like airy fairy way of looking at it, but it honestly, it it really does get me always thinking about my success in terms of how it relates to other people, which is really where I, again, it goes back to like self-awareness. I realized over the years that like if I'm just kind of acting in my own self-interest all the time. Um, it's not a bad thing, but it can't only be that because it just kind of leaves me as like kind of empty, like a little unfulfilled. So um, yeah, success is somehow positively impacting other people. And that can mean a lot of different things. And, and also just ultimately like doing, having enough time to do the things that are not related to money, like earning money or spending money. So for me personally, that means having a lot of time to spend with my husband, with my family, you know, it, immediate family, extended family, friends, and also just spending time out in nature. Like if, if a week goes by and I get to the end of the week and I'm like, I have not really had any time just in green this week. Like I was not money green, but like leaves <laughs> green. <laughs> I should clarify. <laughs> um, and if I really feel like I haven't had like a really good conversation with my husband, Chuck, you know, with, uh, with anybody else in the family that I kind of like would have liked to that week, that's for me, that's red flag. So for me, success Success is like having time for all of that other stuff that adds meaning to my life, like way beyond work. You know, there's that old like, do you work to live or live to work kind of thing, which I, I don't know. I don't really like that in some ways because I feel like you can kind of do both. But anyway, yeah, um, yeah I have to have that balance. So yeah, for me, um, in terms of like actual tactical stuff, I mean, I kind of live and die by my calendar. Mm-hmm. And if you, there's some people that have said, and I think you could argue this, but I think there's a lot of truth to it that like you can tell a lot about a person by looking at their calendar and looking at their bank account. So true. You know, what they're spending money on, what they're spending their time on. So for me, uh, and again, ADHD, time blindness, like if I wanted to, I could spend eight hours a day just doing a task that should probably take like 30 minutes, you know, or like just researching something that doesn't even matter. So really, um, so oh, man. Yeah. oh man. Yeah. And I don't feel good after that eight hours. No. If I, know that I haven't gotten anything done. So, yeah. So I, I, as much as, and I'm still, I'm very imperfect at this, but I really made an effort to like put everything on the calendar so that I can like visually see okay, like this is my time where I'm going to be doing certain work things, whether that's more like creative space, or this is when I'm going to be meeting with people or whatever. So like all the things are actually scheduled in and then everything else too. Like I need to have a lot of white space in the calendar. I need to see that I have maybe like calls set up with family or like visits, you know, with family coming up or exercise, like all that stuff that's a priority, like has to be in the calendar. So that to me is sort of my ritual every week and even daily, you know, some weeks of like kind of rejigging things to make sure that I have that balance. Because if I, if I don't like really pay attention to it, work ends up seeping into all the little corners of my life. And yeah. And I just, end up really unhappy and kind of questioning like what am I doing you know (laughs) yeah it turns very like existential very fast (laughs) yep yep (laughs) I don't do that at all geez no of course I have no idea what you're talking about yeah reel it back in right away (laughs) that's smart (laughs) exactly (laughs) 
that's it. No, it's yeah. it's the truth. It's like you know we we're making these leaps. We're trying content creation. We're trying our message in the world. We're doing these side hustles. Um, we're going into entrepreneurship because the whole point is to for it to fulfill us. And so many times people forget that that was the actual point, and they get so into the work of like making more money, getting more sales, getting more followers, getting more likes that they forget that the only reason they went into that was to get more freedom to be able yeah. to do things they like, and then they forget what the actual point was. So I think that's a really really good segue into yeah. honestly before. Before we get into our final question, because I think I love that we've talked about making the leap into entrepreneurship. I love that we've talked about burnout because that is such a common thing, especially when you're juggling multiple things. Um, yeah. I love that we talked about abundance mindset. But before we ask our final question, where can people find you online? Well, I would love to have you come hang out with me in a couple yeah. places. So um, right now, my two most active places are Instagram and Facebook. So you can find me on Facebook under my name, Jennifer Zad, and the last name is S. Z A D, or you can probably find me in Mark's friends list if you're friends with Mark as well. (laughs) And then on Instagram, um, which I'm a little more active on Instagram, but my my handle is this is Jzad. So you can either find me by my name, I think, or uh, this underscore is underscore Jzad. Um, I do have a website, jenniferzad.com. Really don't do much on it right now, but probably by the time you listen to this, there's going to be more stuff up there. So yeah, yeah. So jenniferzad.com. And again, J-E-N-N-I-F-E-R-S-Z-A-D.com. And when she says Jen, she only does that with one N. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it depends on who you ask, but yeah, (laughs) some people are stubborn in my life and I just... Some people use... Let um, them wallow in their wrongness. (laughs) It's fine. (laughs) People use brackets to put the extra N. Okay. Some people do. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Final question for you. Before you were starting this journey of entrepreneurship, what advice would you give that young Jen? Oh man, so many things. I would I would probably say think about this for a second because I think a couple of things are actually combined. I would you know I would probably tell the young Jen that planning is good and being prepared is is great. However, you sh- you don't trust yourself enough. Like you really need to mm. trust yourself that you know the answers and it and even if you don't know the answer, you have the skills to go find the answer. Um, I went through a lot of questioning and I think probably that's where some of that over preparation comes from too. It's like coming from a place of feeling like I don't know enough and something's going to go wrong. And then I'm going to end up, you know, homeless under a bridge or something, right? It's like a catastrophizing. So yeah, I would definitely tell the younger gen, like you, you're on the right path and you're not going to know everything. And you're probably going to fuck up a lot of things too. Let's be honest. Um, But that's part of the journey. So don't be afraid of that. Like trust yourself. You've lived this long and been really successful in everything you've done. And you have the ability to learn and to grow and to find the answers to questions that you can't even think of yet, you know, when the time comes. Uh, And I think everything falls into place from there. I love that. I absolutely love that. Mm -hmm. It's the self-trust, always, always, always believing in yourself. Because you're right, you've survived 100% of the days that... So what was the quote again? Sorry, I forget. This is my ADHD coming to play. Yeah, (laughs) I was thinking about it when you started to say it. Like, yeah, Yeah, that's that's exactly what that quote is. You survived 100% of the days so far, right? Something like that? Yeah, you've survived 100% of the um, yeah the challenges so challenges, far. Or you figured yeah. it out or something, or you've survived 100% yeah, of the time. Completely butchered know. it. Yeah, and sorry yeah, for like, everyone's that super away motivated from you. right now. <laughs> you know, I was just like, damn it. She left it off on such a good note, and I had to like use this quote that is completely, completely messed it up. But either way. <laughs> 
I mean, I I'm inspired. I'm sure, I'm sure the listeners have gotten the most of the advice you've given. Oh, and please forgive me is. on my trying to get that quote right. But yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for being on here today. And it was super fun. Before we leave, sorry, go ahead. Yes. No. I just said it was super fun. Go ahead. Yes, same. I think I laughed a lot for sure. Thank you. Thank you again for being on here. To everyone that's listening, if you are inspired by anything Jen has said today, please go and follow the podcast and share this with your friends. And if you're thinking of taking the leap, just like Jen said, like just trust yourself. And I'm not going to say that quote again because God knows nobody needs to hear that again. But just trust yourself. Planning is good. Having your ducks in the row is good. But self-belief is way more important. Until next time, you got this beautiful. Well, beautiful, it is my hope that this podcast has inspired you to create your own podcast. Remember, you don't have to quit your 95 to do it. And if you found value in this podcast, you're going to love my free training video on how you can get started today. DM me the word Ficy Chai on LinkedIn and I'll send it over to you. Until then, lots of love from your favorite. You got this beautiful.